Welcome to the TJ Malden Leadership Podcast, where we talk about life, leadership, and the gospel. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for just taking some time out of your day to hang out with me. Today, I want to talk about excuses. Excuses. Everybody makes excuses. Uh, The American Institute for Psychology says that adults make, on average, six excuses every single day. That adds up to like 2,000 excuses a year. And the way that they the way that they phrased it is is really incredible. And it made me think about even my own perception of myself, the way that I think about myself and talk about myself. And I think it's going to be helpful for you today. So the American uh, Institute of Psychology said this. They said that an excuse is self-handicapping language. So an excuse is self-handicapping language. It means that I put a verbal excuse, I lay this verbal excuse out into the world and it handicaps me. It puts a barrier between me and my goal, me and my objectives, me and my relationships. So it's it's talk and oftentimes it's self-talk that handicaps progress. It slows down progress and it stunts progress. So as I read that, I was thinking about excuses and I I really wanted to, to give you this in this podcast, because it's something that I struggled with early on in my life when I, especially when I was a teenager, um, why I I didn't get good grades. It was never because I wasn't disciplined to study a bunch. It was always because it was too tough or I wasn't very smart or whatever, yada, yada, yada. I was always kind of attaching an excuse to a failure without ever taking accountability. Now check this out. Stephen Covey wrote a book called seven habits for highly effective people uh, for highly effective people. And in that book, he said, the first thing that you have to do, if you want to be a great leader, if you want to develop good habits, if you want to change your life and to be an influence for good, at some point, you have to stop making excuses and choose to take 100% accountability for where you're at and for where you're going. And so I began to think about that, began to just chew on that over the last few weeks, even thinking about this next podcast. And I'm just going to share four things with you today. And it's really simple. And because I'm a Christian, the the first one will be uh, from God's word and it's taken straight from the scripture. And I would argue based on my understanding of theology, when I look at the Bible, that excuses are built into the spiritual DNA of humanity. you say, TJ, oh man, you're getting deep and mystical. And I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, check this out. If you're familiar with the Bible at all, maybe you're not a Christian, but you you understand a little bit about Christendom and and church and and, and Christian things. Well, the, the very first book of the Bible is called Genesis. And in that book, it's the story of creation and the moment that man and a woman was created. Well, God created Adam and he put him in the garden. It was this place that was self-sustaining, a place that he lived in harmony, that he, he didn't have to work or toil or sweat or anything. And then um, in the scripture, we, we have the serpent show up and, and tempts Adam and Eve. And he says, hey, listen, you know, God puts you in this garden. I mean, but you can't eat from this one tree. Like God said, you can do everything you want. You can have everything you want, but, but 
you can't have this tree. Like that's a little, that's a little shady, right? God doesn't want you to eat from that tree because he knows that you'll be like him. So you should do it. And so through the temptation, and by the way, Christian, if you're listening to this and you're Christians, Eve always gets a bad rap for this. But if you read the scripture, Adam was with her. Like he, he just passively stood by while she was like picking the wrong fruit. You know what I'm saying? So he was as much fault as she was. He was not a voice of reason for. That's a whole side note. But so you have this moment of Adam and Eve, right? And they are, they're in the garden. They're in this place of perfection. They're in this place of unity. And they choose the wrong thing. They sin. This is the first time that we, we see that introduced into humanity, where man chose something other than what God had designed or created him for. And so God shows up on the scene. He's like, what did y'all do? Like, you know, they, they were hiding from God. The Bible says that God was moving through the garden in the cool of the day and, and that Adam and Eve hid themselves. They covered up their shame. And God was like, why, why are you guys ashamed, right? Like, what's going on? And Adam says, well, the woman that you gave me, God, she made me eat this, you know, this fruit from this tree. And the woman, Eve's like, no, 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 no. The serpent is the one who made me. And so all of a sudden they start doing what? They start making excuses. I mean, this leveled me. I was like, oh my gosh, the first time that we see sin in the Bible, it's married to man and woman making excuses. Yo, I was blown away when I saw this in the text. And I thought about it, I was like, we have literally been making excuses from the very beginning. Therefore, it's, it's built into our spiritual DNA it's very easy for us. Like you don't have to teach a kid to lie or to be mean, right? Like kids are like, hey, did you eat that? And they'll be like, no. They, it's built in our spiritual DNA, sin and excuses. And so I, I really began to grapple with that. I'm like, okay, well, if it's built into our DNA, how, how, do, we, how do we grab a hold of it and, and stop making excuses beyond just willpower? I think personally it does have to be a spiritual transformation But a part of the spiritual transformation is effort and intentionality on our end to rather than make excuses, begin to make improvements in our lives and begin to reinvest into the world the gifts, the dreams, the desires that God has placed in our hearts. Every single person, I had a great conversation with my friend Nathan this morning at breakfast about this, and we were talking about how he he and I, our personality types are very different. Um, he, I'm very much so a challenger sometimes, and um, I'm not afraid of a fight. I'm not afraid of confrontation. I seek justice. I want to defend the weak. And um, he, in the same way, he wants to defend the weak, and he loves justice, but he, he's a little more passive. He's a, he, he doesn't like confrontation as much. And, and so that's no reason, as we had the conversation, he might say, well, I'm not a challenger like TJ or, you know, I'm not as vocal as TJ or I'm not out front like him. So, so I can't lead people. That was a conversation we were having, or I can't contribute because I'm not like this person. And you say, TJ, why in the world would you tell us that story? Because listen, every single person, every person listening to this podcast has been giving a, given a unique personality. You've been given a unique set of giftings. You've been given a unique set of talents most of which you can cultivate that are like no one else's. 
So you not operating in your gifting, you continuing to make excuses in your life and not stepping up to the plate and being who God called you to be or daring to dream that dream or start that business or lead that team, you are depriving the world of the gift that is you, your personality, your gifting, your skill set. And you say, well, TJ, I I haven't been given very much. Like, y'all, I've joked about this before, and uh, I even joked about it with our team yesterday, but... Um, I'm the lead pastor of our church and our organization, and there are a lot of people under my watch care uh, that I'm responsible to steward and take care of and to equip and to mobilize, and we have multiple services, and and it would be easy, you know, when I was younger in high school to say, I'm not smart enough to lead a large organization. You know, I, I, I we joked yesterday, and somebody said, I finished seventh in my class out of 700. And I said, well, I finished like ninth. And everybody was like, really? I said, yeah, from the bottom, you know. And that was an excuse I made early on. I, I remember in fourth grade, I had, took all these tests, and I, uh, they, they were like, TJ, you're ADD. You passed the test. And I was like, that's one of the only tests I ever got an A on was my ADD test in the fourth grade. And you you can use those things, those limitations that you have or those difficulties, you can use them as self-handicapping language. You can use them as excuses to stop you, or you can use those as improvement markers in your life. Okay, this is an area where I struggle. I need to make an improvement. Too often we get to our limitation and we give up on self-discipline, we give up on work. We give up on dreams. We work, give up on relationships because we think, oh, this, this, this excuse, whatever it is, this hurdle, this speed bump is actually like the Great Wall of China. Like that's what we do. Oftentimes the things you're making an excuse about is really just a speed bump in your life, but you've made it a brick wall. And so I, I want to give you another story real quick from uh, the Bible before we move on to this second idea but in Matthew 25, 14 through 30, there's this really interesting parable where a master gives his, his three workers, his three servants, different talents or, or coins, if you will. And the first one he gives five talents to, and the next he gives two talents, and then the last he gives one talent. Well, the guy with five talents, he goes and, and invests those five talents and makes five more. So he comes back with 10. The second guy, he was given two talents. And he says, well, you know what? I, I'm going to go and I'm going to invest them. I'm going to use them. So he invests those two talents and he comes back with four. Well, the last guy, and this is what he says. He says, I, I know the kind of master I have, so I'm going to take this talent. I'm going to bury it. I'm going to hide it. I'm not going to use it. And I'm going to use the excuse that the master is a harsh master. He's a harsh boss. He's a harsh leader. It's a harsh working environment. And I'm going to use that excuse to never use the talent, to never invest the talent. So the master shows back up on the scene. He's like, hey, guys, like, what's going on? Like, I'd love to see what you've done with what you were given. And the first guy's like, hey, yeah, listen, you gave me five. Here's 10. I did my thing. You know, no excuses. The master says, oh, you know what? Man, you are blessed. You know what? Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. The second one, he, uh, he says, well, what about you, man? You got, and all of this, by the way, is T.J. Malden paraphrase, uh, Bible version 2022, right? So I'm paraphrasing the story. You can go back and read it in Matthew 25 if you want to. The second guy says, yeah, listen, I, you gave me two. Here's four. I did my best. You know, I doubled the talents. He said, oh, and you're blessed. You, you've done a great job. Enter into the joy of your master. And then the third one, who was only given a little bit, 
He said, well, I know what kind of master you were, so I just hid the talent. I, I didn't try to invest it. I, I, I didn't try to double the money. I didn't try to exercise the gifting. I didn't take advantage of the opportunity. I just buried it. And this is what's interesting. In that moment, he took that talent away from him like and, and gave it to somebody else, somebody that would invest it, somebody that would use it. And I wonder, when, when I think about life and when I think about families, how many of us so often make excuses? Because that's what he did. He said, man, the master's, he's a bad boss. He's a tough boss. Or the work environment is toxic. Or, uh, you know, my, 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 my family dynamic isn't the greatest in the world. We make these excuses and we bury our talent. And I wonder how many of you listening to this, you've got little talents, little nuanced talents, talents in your life that aren't like anybody else, but you're sitting on them because you've been making excuses your whole life. You've been turning speed bumps into the Great Wall of China. You've been turning speed bumps into genuine roadblocks. Friend, listen, tear those things down because listen, this is a true story. Excuses have an expiration date. The second part of this that I want to talk to you about today is excuses have an expiration date. They only last so long, right? Like you can, you can make excuses for so long. Like for, for instance, when I was younger, I did, I made the excuse, you know, well, I, you know, I'm not very smart. I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. I have ADD, blah, blah, blah. I make these excuses. But at some point I had to recognize, well, I can read and I can watch and I can listen. So the areas that I'm not smart in or I'm weak in, I could read a book. I mean, now you can watch a YouTube video on how to build a house <laughs> practically and you can build your own house. I mean, shipping containers. I was watching one the other day about shipping containers and these guys building their houses out of shipping containers. You can learn it all on YouTube. And you can, if you can listen, if you can do those things, then you have no excuse. No excuse to be roadblocked. You will say, TJ, you don't, you don't know my life. You don't know how difficult it's been. You don't know how hard it's been for me. Listen, I, I said it earlier, but Stephen Covey, the way he said it moved me when I was in that position. You have to take 100% responsibility for your life because after a while, your excuses will have an expiration date. Like, like they just won't work anymore. People won't believe them and you won't either. You know the truth about yourself. You know the roadblock, the, the, the speed bumps that you've turned into roadblocks and you've allowed to grow into these great walls that are walling you in and keeping you away from your destiny and, and the things that you really want to do and who you really want to be. And those, those excuses sometimes, and really the third part of this, those excuses oftentimes are usually just lies that we've learned to repeat, either lies that we've told ourselves or lies that someone else has said to us, like you're too slow or you're too, you know, you're, you're, you're too fat or you're too skinny or you're too short or you're too tall or you came from the wrong family or you don't have enough money. I'll never forget this. I remember when I was 12 years old, I got in a fight with a kid in another youth group. We had this huge church event and this youth leader grabbed me by my shirt. It was a female youth leader at the time. She grabbed me by my shirt and she began yelling and she said, you're the reason youth pastors quit their jobs. And she yelled at me. And I remember I was, I was not even a believer at the time. And, um, and yes, I was, I was 12 and, you know, young and fighting with this other kid. And I was, I was a bad kid. I was horrible. But, you know, I used that as an excuse for years 
So I don't want anything to do with church. I watched how church people treated my grandfather. I watched how church people treated me. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't want to follow God because of the organization of church. And I use those things as an excuse. Well, eventually, I, that, that excuse had an expiration date when I met Jesus because I realized that Jesus, that in Jesus, everybody was flawed. Everybody was imperfect. And he was the only one that could make us free. He was the only one that could save our lives. And so... I could, I could no longer use this lady and this experience as an excuse not to follow what I knew God was calling me to do. And the first calling I felt was that to be a Christian, like to, to, to follow him, the, the first official calling that I really like, okay, God's dealing with me. I knew from very young that I was going to be a preacher one day, but the first call, real call was to salvation. And then the response to give into full-time ministry was it was so heavy, and, and I could no longer use those excuses if I was going to go in the direction that was my destiny, and that is my destiny. And so it's the same thing for you. You can use that mean teacher uh, to not go back to school. You can use uh, growing up on the wrong side of the tracks in a poor house to keep you back from building generational wealth and chasing your dreams. You can use all of those excuses that you want, but one day those excuses will have an expiration date, and they'll no longer matter, and nobody will listen. Uh, one, one of my favorite um, portions uh, of Scripture when I think about excuses is this moment where, um, and even if you're not a Christian, if you're uh, just listening in today, it's where Moses, uh, God calls Moses to lead the, his people out of Egypt and into freedom. And when Moses meets God, uh, Moses says, God, I, I, can't, I can't lead your people. I have a speech impediment. Like, I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't, talk clearly. Like I have these problems, you know, you don't know about my past. God, I cannot lead your people. And God didn't care. He didn't care about Moses's limitations. He didn't care about the excuses that he made. He just knew that he had a destiny for Moses and that Moses had a gift and a call and a strength that in that moment, nobody in the world except God could see. So he was either going to live in those excuses my past is too bad, and I can't talk very well, so let me live in the backside of the desert just shepherding some sheep. Or he would stop letting his excuses limit him. He would surrender to God, and he would stop leading sheep, and he would become the leader of a free people. I mean, think about those things. If he had lived in his excuses, he could have still been a leader. He, he could have still nurtured and fed and cared for a bunch of sheep. But because he allowed God to lead him. He didn't give into his limitations and continue to make excuses. He was able to be before great men, to speak on God's behalf and to lead a people free. So know this, that most of the time, the excuses that you're repeating um, are just lies that someone has told you or that you've believed about yourself. The last thing um, that I'll say today, the last thing that I want to leave with you um, is that at some point, and, and I kind of touched on this a little bit with excuses having, having an expiration date, but at some point, excuses have to transform into improvements or you're going to lose. And you, you say, TJ, what, what do you mean I'm, I'm going to lose? Well, well, you're not going to be who God called you to be. You're not going to get to where you want to go if you continue continue to make excuses because improvements are greater than excuses. Listen, you don't have to bench press 300 pounds tomorrow. You can start with just the bar today, right? You don't have to lead an organization of, of 150 people tomorrow. You can start with leading yourself and your family today. Like You, you don't have to lose 100 pounds tomorrow. You can start by 
creating a healthy healthy habits and and not drinking so much sugary drinks and you can start those little incremental improvements today that will yield incredible results stop making excuses because here's the hard truth and I'm going to just level this with you and I'm going to leave it with you and let it be what it is. Everyone around you or mostly everyone around you can see through your excuses. Your friends and your family, they know you're just making excuses. So do the hard work of making improvements in any way that you can. Know that this is something that we're going to war against on a spiritual level And we live in a culture right now where everything is everybody else's fault. We can't do that. 100% accountability for where we are and where we're going. And we can build from there. Listen, I'm so grateful that you would choose to spend a little bit of time with me thinking through these things. I don't have it all figured out. There are, according to, you know, the American Psychology Institute, I, I make six excuses a day. We all have room to grow and to change and to make improvements. But don't stop. Don't allow your excuses to be the verbal handicap that holds you back from things in your life that could be transformative for you and for other people. Listen, know this more than anything. Improvements, even if they're tiny, small, incremental, and even if they're improvements that no one else can see, improvements are greater than excuses any day. Thanks for hanging out with me. I hope this has been fruitful for you. If it has been, like it, share it, subscribe, email us. If there's a topic that we haven't addressed uh, that you want to hear about, give us, um, hit us up on our email. We would love to, uh, to have that conversation with you. So love you guys. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the TJ Malden Leadership Podcast, where we talk about life, leadership, and the gospel. If you enjoyed this episode, share with a friend. For more content, follow us on Instagram and YouTube. If you have any questions you would like to ask TJ, whether it is about life, leadership, or the gospel, you can email those to TJ Malden Leadership Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you join us again on the TJ Malden Leadership Podcast.